Good afternoon and welcome back to the EJS show on the Liberty Block with Ed, Jody, and Steve. This show is being recorded live and will be available within a few hours as a podcast, which can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud by searching for the Liberty Block. We invite anyone listening to this podcast to join us live on Zoom or by phone and share your thoughts on the issues that we discuss. Today, we're once again joined by Elliot from Liberty Block, as well as Mike, and we have a very, very special guest who we're going to be interviewing and talking with today. His name is Tom Kempf, and he is the author of a phenomenal book that we hope everyone goes out and reads. It is called The Two-State Solution for America, The Path to Political Sanity. So welcome, Tom. Thank you. So I'm going to ask you the first question, Tom, um, as briefly or not briefly as you'd like. Please tell us why you wrote this book and what is it you want people to get out of it? Well, originally, I wrote it as a response to the election of Barack Obama, whom I saw as uh, taking us, being able to take us down a path towards tyranny. And I saw that that was probably his intention. Um, it didn't really happen. He pushed us in the right direction, uh, or I should say the left direction. Uh, but um, there are checks and balances in our country far beyond the, the three uh, parts of the federal government. Um, there's the people, states, counties, there's all kinds of checks and balances, and he could only go so far with it. Uh, but as the idea developed, <clears throat> I started to realize that it would be a good solution for our political problems in our country all the way around. Just the implications of the idea <clears throat> were that <clears throat> it would allow the left to live in a part of the country uh, and have the government of their dreams as far as domestic law is concerned. And the right could live their own way, have their own laws the way they want it, and they wouldn't have to fight each other over the laws. Because what hey, we Tom, have now is, yeah. I, I'm going to interrupt you. Back up one second. We may or may not have found the two people in America who have not read your book. So you may want to back up and tell us what is it your book is trying to do. It's uh, trying to allow the, the country towards a peaceful resolution to the political problems that having two parties gives us. Well, can I just interject there? This is Ed. I think, I think what Steve is getting at is, what, what is your elevator pitch? What is your thesis? What do you, not why did you write the book, but what is your solution? What is the two-state solution? Well, can I back it up? Right? What's the problem we're trying to solve, really, in a sentence or two? And then what's the solution? The problem is the political, the problem is we have one country with one set of laws at the federal level, uh, which dominates our country. And uh, we have two parties with two completely different views and sets of values who are trying to install their viewpoints, their belief systems onto that one government. What my idea does is it allows each side to have its own government and at the local level and more local level uh, 
and allow them to live how they want in their part. It essentially makes America kind of two states within a state. So it allows us to, it, it's, it mimics secession in a manner, but it doesn't break up the country as a whole. It just gives the, the blue parts of the country to the Democrats to live how you want. And you don't have to worry about the Republicans in those parts. And it gives the Republicans the same thing. They can live how they want, set their own laws, because each side would have a supermajority of their particular political party. So rather than secession, it's really more like federalism reimagined, to use a phrase that's going around today. Yes, that's such a good way to put it. Uh, it retains that system. And uh, given the fact that every state has a two-party system, as does the federal government, every state is battling out to be Democrat or Republican. Uh, and, and it's basically, it's a battle of ideologies from top to bottom, everywhere you go. In my system, it posits a level of government between the federal government and the states that I call regional governments, the best word I could come up with for that. And one's run by the Democrats, one's run by the Republicans. And those regional governments act as their own kind of sovereign government, kind of like a, a mini federal government, but just for their side. And the country, uh, the states are all split in, in the, the latest version that I have. Originally, it was dividing the states. And I realized there's just too many people will be stuck in all the different states that they don't like the, the governance of that particular state. So if California's blue, they're Democrat, all those conservatives get stuck in a Democrat state and it becomes more Democrat as time goes on. But in the latest version, every state divides into two states by counties. So the red counties become uh, say Eastern California and the, the blue counties become Western California or coastal California, but it's still California. Each substate then aligns with, with its regional government. So if you have 50 uh, Republican substates, now they are governed with their regional government that is essentially like the president uh, of their country, but it still falls under the federal government, which is there doing the type of work that uh, our forefathers imagined in the first place. It follows uh, the rules, yes? So the underlying premise of your book is that we cannot keep doing what we've been doing. So, and I think most of us agree with that on some level. So can you just speak to that for a minute, why you're convinced that we have to do something? Well, that's exactly right. That, that's the point is that uh, we are dividing, everybody sees it. We're dividing more. We just need to come together. Biden will bring us all together. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. The, but beyond the rhetoric, um, uh, it, it, we're becoming more and more divided. Uh, and that's clear everywhere you look, no matter what anybody says, uh, we're, we're moving towards a civil war. I mean, everybody's talking about it more and more. And but you, we can't have a civil war like the, the last one because we're all intermixed. 
we're in every neighborhood, a mixture of Republicans, Democrats, and some areas are stronger Democrats, some areas are stronger Republican, but we're still intermixed. Even in San Francisco, they're conservatives. So I'm looking at all the counties, there's like 3,500 of them. And if every state split into two states, uh, so sub-states now, um, then the, the Republicans in California would govern themselves as a state and they would be aligned with the regional uh, Republican government. And they would function much like we do as, as a federal uh, uh, um, government, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, say Legislature? Yeah, no, uh, I forgot the word, but um, much it, it would function much like it does today, except that that regional government would only be the president and they'd have their own uh, legislature, uh, the Congress and uh, courts and president only for the red sub states. And we would govern ourselves just like the country does today, except for that regional government would be for the Republicans. The, the other regional government would be only for the Democrats. Okay, I'm gonna make country, one comment. Okay, go uh, ahead, finish. The country would still be one country. All the citizens of every state, county, sub-state would still be citizens of the whole country. This mimics secession, but it is not not secession. It allows us to essentially divide up the country within the country as we know it. So the federal government okay. would continue to exist and they would continue to do the things that they were properly tasked with 250 years ago. Okay, Tom, I'm gonna make one comment and then I'm gonna ask everybody to comment on your basic premise of we can't go on this way. I think you're using the words Democrats and Republicans but I know at least for me, I don't feel that that's a split anymore. I think it's conservatives versus liberals or something else. And I'm hoping you agree with that. What I wanna do, I wanna starting with Jody, since she's in my upper <coughs> left corner at the moment, um, is just to speak uh, to this idea that we can't go on and that's why we need a solution like Tom's. Yeah, you know, uh, Tom, uh, good to meet you. I enjoyed yeah, reading here. your book, um, you know, uh, quickly, I used to be on the left. I came from the left um, shortly into o uh, Obama's first term. Um, I've been very vocal since then, but so much of what I read in your book mimicked what I've been thinking for 11 years. I've had this, please just go back to your states. I don't want to fight with you. I have no desire to make you live as I live, but I can tell you right now, the more you try and force me to live as you live, we will fight. I will not quietly accept going into someone else's worldview. And I wouldn't expect them to either. So from that perspective, I felt for 11 years, we can't go on. I have no desire to fight with people, no desire. And like I said, the only reason I do is because I will not accept tyranny on myself. So from that perspective, yes, I don't see any way. Um, I'm, I'm in Illinois. And so I really understand, I, I'm obviously not, not uh, on the left anymore in Illinois, and it's really hard. Um, there are things uh, in your book ab about how Illinois works that I'd love to talk with more. Sorry, my garbage can person is going by. Um, 
and I will pass it on to someone else as my dog is barking. <laughs> okay, Ed, you want to just speak to this for a minute? Well, from our side, our side is losing right now. And even when we think we're winning, we're losing. Trump had a good four years. Um, he accomplished a bunch of things, but a, a lot of those things are about to be undone and undone very quickly. So in that sense, I totally agree that something needs to change because the current traje trajectory is that we're going to lose and we're going to wind up in a dictatorship at some point, whether it's our lifetimes or our kids' lifetimes or, or sometime in the near future. Um, I like Tom's book. I like, I like the thesis. Um, I like to flesh it out a little more. I, I think it's an important thing to discuss. Um, basically, you're looking at reordering the country along county lines, and at least as I understand it. And I think that you know you're in California right now, and I, I'm in. I've been going back and forth between New Jersey and North Carolina right now as I'm in the process of moving. But um, I get the impression that the red counties in California would wind up having more. They would share government more with the red counties in either New Jersey or North Carolina than with the blue counties in California, which is the way, which would be the reverse of what current law is, right? Currently, there's one government for California and it governs both the red and blue counties there. Whereas under your proposal, I think what you're trying to say is that the red counties in California would align themselves with red counties in all the other states. Is that right? They would essentially be a sub-state a sub uh, set of 50 states that were all the red portions of the current 50 states that we have now. And they would be aligned in a government that mimics a federal government, but only for domestic law. Because I saw that as the problem with our federal government today. It was originally given about 14 uh, purposes in the Federalist number 45 by Thomas Jefferson. Um, and it said, this is what the federal government would do. But today it does everything. It has its hands in everything. And I'm trying to divest the federal government of that. Uh, Jason Lewis up in Minnesota thinks that, you know, getting back to the 10th Amendment is the way to do it. I, I, I don't disagree. Um, I, I don't see our country adopting any of these solutions. We can't even get a flat tax. We can't get anything that really benefits us because we're fighting the left. I really thought when I first wrote this, people would embrace it wildly because it allows us to live the way we want and the Democrats to live how they want, which purportedly is what they want, uh, but without breaking the country into two. And it would bring peace to the country across the board. There's only a few things left at the federal level that we would be fighting over, but I can't do anything about that. Some things are properly at the federal level, the national uh, international uh, treaties, things like that. So I thought this idea would be adopted, but uh, people seem to see it as uh, more like secession. And I find there's a, there's a very visceral response to that. People don't like the idea of breaking up the country of secession. So people don't like the idea of war. Um, well, yeah. So, so I, my idea is that, that the two-state solution for America isn't even going to be looked at seriously unless we move in towards the direction of war. But again, how do you have a civil war when everybody's mixed up in every neighborhood across the country? It'll okay. be hand-to-hand -hand fighting. Let me get back to Jody a second. Go, Jody. 
Yeah, so I just, Tom, can I really quickly just highlight how I see the structure that you have um, pointed out and then follow that with a question? Sure. Just so I'm clear that what, what, I'm, what I think you're saying that I'm clear on it. So essentially all 50 states break into two, one red side, one blue side. So we end up with 50 sub-states for the blue, 50 sub-states for the red. Right. And each of those sub-states sub -states are governed by their region, the blue region and the red region. Exactly. And here comes in my question. So for example, I'm in Illinois. Okay, sorry, go back. Each sub-state, so Illinois now has a red, red sub-state and a blue sub-state. Each sub-state is made up of their counties. Mm -hmm. So in there is my question, and I love the idea, by the way, but my question is, and you kind of got to this in the book, but I, I don't recall if my question ever reached the answer, but for the states um, that have only, oh, let's, let's for, for the listener's sake, every four years, each county gets to re-vote and re-decide where they land. So my county, DuPage County, every four years, we can decide, do we want to stay with the blue substate or do we want to go with the red substate? So we get to vote every four years. But in places where, uh, so for example, in Illinois, we have 102 counties. And I don't know for sure, but my suspicion is ultimately uh, it's, you know, somewhere in the 30, 72, 30 blue counties, 72 red counties. The blue counties have more population, which is why we end up a blue state. But how does that work as far as, um, how, do I, how do I ask the question? Like balance of if there's one red county in a blue state or, or two uh, red counties in a blue state, how does that sub-state of blue really make it in a state? I guess I'm answering my own question because they're no longer a state. You got to get out of that state mindset. Okay. It's just so, geography. It becomes just about geography. So if, mm. if my DuPage County is the only red county in the mm. geographical state of Illinois geographically, then I'm a little fish in a big sea, but my power no longer has anything to do with the state of Illinois. I'm only governed by the red region. You'd be sovereign like question. Switzerland in the middle of Europe and you'd be fine. I love it. Basis. And I just answered my question. Jody, I, I would say, I mean, when you're saying every four years that the, the county could change, geez, how, how does that affect population? I mean, we're talking about the same model of government on, in both subsets, right? So yeah. the Congress... We do, a, we do a census every 10 years. We understand what the population is. We understand apportionment, all those things. How, how, can, how can a county just oscillate back and forth every four years? I just don't, I, I wouldn't see how that would work. Okay. It probably well, wouldn't. Yeah, exactly. It's not going to change that much, but imagine the 3,500 counties and every four years there's a vote and maybe several counties change side, but you're not gonna have one county going back and forth. The people would be really wishy-washy that way. Uh, uh, but when a county does change, they're gonna have to make some changes to it. Uh, the, the people in the government will probably end up changing somewhat, but you can still 
have Democrat uh, uh, legislatures in in a, a county that becomes Republican, you can have that. But when we first make the split, the first vote, then what it's going to have is automatically you're going to have a supermajority of Republicans in all the Republican counties. And again, I use Republican and Democrat, red and blue, left and right, uh, conservative and liberal. I use all those terms fairly interchangeably. Red and blue is probably the best because uh, it really just covers the whole gamut. But um, the the Republican counties or, or red counties, uh, if, if, if one decided, hey, let's become Democrat, they could. And those in the government will just be voted in like they normally are. Um, it's the people will just have to adjust to the new rules and laws because the laws will change between a blue uh, county and a red county. They will start to become more Republican or conservative in the red counties and vice versa for the blue counties. Um, but I don't see an issue with the I'm changing. I don't see counties going back and forth all the time. Well, let me just jump back in. I got a couple of things I wanted to, to add to that. I mean, just adding on to, to these last couple of points, I think, and these are my words, not yours. This doesn't come from your book, but I think what you're really saying is that federalism was once is properly construed as a safety valve. It allows people to govern themselves and because it prevents outsiders and people further away from governing you, <laughs> people aren't forcing their way on you and it's a safety valve to prevent civil war, secession, uh, intractable uh, conflicts. Tyranny. And you're saying that by bringing it down to the county level, um, you know, you mentioned Jason Lewis and, and Minnesota and the 10th Amendment. Uh, you know, one of the, you know, things I've discussed with you and in our private converse, conversations is I think that, you know, a good subtitle would be Federalism Reimagined. Um, so no. I think that's a good way to sell, to yeah. sell this idea. Um, just to flesh out, though, um, it, the enticement to get the blue states to join this deal would be that in the blue region, the, for domestic law, the limits that currently constrain the federal government would no longer apply in the blue areas, correct? The limits that constrain all the government is this uh, fighting we do between the two sides to get our laws, our values in place in the government. We have opposite ideas for every issue. We take opposite sides of the issues. And uh, this would solve that. It would give the Democrats what they want. Now, imagine the Democrats, here's part of the country, it's all yours. Do what you want with it. Because well, what do, you do what you want with it. That's what I'm getting. Because because in all the Democrat states, substates, and their counties, okay, they're no longer constrained by having to fight their opposition, which is the conservatives, which they hate. So they could institute pretty much any laws they wanted. I think he's asking if the blue region would be constrained by those pesky things such as the darn Second Amendment that prevents them from implementing Correct. full gun control. Would the they still amendment? be limited by that or not? Which amendment? Second and the first. Second. No, you know, oh, no. we would yes. They could do anything they want, right? Way. Okay, but but keep in mind that once we have the split, uh, the partition, okay, then the regions adopt our entire uh, set of federal laws. Okay, so now they're starting off at the level we have today on the day of the split, whatever the federal laws are on that day, they start with those federal laws. Now, 
they have to only reference that set of laws, which is from our Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and every law made, case law made since then. That's the laws we function under today. They will have to function under those laws. They could pass an amendment to their constitution because they now have a constitutional, we have a constitution, and they could pass an amendment. It would have to be an amendment passed according to the laws as set. And they could uh, negate the second amendment if they want to. And I did deal with that with an entire section in uh, one of the chapters uh, about how to deal with that. But yes, if the Democrat side wants to take away all the gun rights for every act. A lot of Democrats like to have their guns. In Vermont, they have open carry. Vermont's a very blue state, okay? If the Democrats passed that law and all of a sudden said, no more guns, you gotta turn them all in, that's it. All the, uh, not all, but most of the counties on the Democrat side are gonna vote to change sides in the next election. So they can't just do anything they want without consequences. It's uh, I, I've told people about my idea, and after a brief description, they go, oh, this is not going to work. The two sides are going to end up going to war. You're going to have two fascist states, this and that. No, they can't change it just like that. They have to follow the laws. And if they don't, well, that's up to the people on their side to deal with it. And as a backup, their counties can change sides and say, eh, bye, we're out of here. So they have constraints, natural constraints, so even in the system. Can I just say something to that, the concept of, you know, so if a county or if, if they decide that they're going to ban guns, let's all be honest about where we're going. We're looking at, you know, 10, 20 years, maybe when the left is going to succeed in getting rid of the Second Amendment for the entirety of the United States anyway, at least in this scenario, the these localities have to deal with the costs and consequences of their decisions. So if they ban guns, they ban guns, and at least others are free still to have their guns. So on the Republican side, I can guarantee you they're going to have much stronger gun rights. They're going to reduce the restrictions on guns, gun ownership, bullets, registration, all those things. So on the Republican side, what we're going to have if my idea were enacted, is that the Republican side would strengthen Republican or conservative values, okay? We would strengthen our conservative values. We would have um, automatically on the, the day of the partition, we would have a super majority of Republicans. And I know most Republicans are pretty squishy, but once all of a sudden you have say a 70% majority on the Republican side or the, the red side, 70%, maybe 75% majority because there's still going to be Democrats there. Um, we will be able to pass laws that we believe in. And, and hey, if the red side wants to ban abortion, they could ban abortion. They can do anything they want. But people in a red county can go over to a blue county and get an abortion. That's, mm -hmm. There's nothing to stop them. There's no uh, border or limitation from travel within the country. The whole country is still open to everybody. But when you're in a red county side, you may not be able to get an abortion. When you're on the blue side, you may not be able to get a gun. But there's not that many things that are that are going to be banned like that uh, so much. Most of the laws will stay fairly similar. They will move towards a more liberal, pr progressive, socialist state. Probably more like Canada, maybe like France. I have a lot of people tell me they're going to go full fascist, full communist. And it's not going to happen. 
And the backup for them is they can change their sides. They can vote to leave. And they say, you've gone too far. We're going to go join the Republicans. And that's only one way it's beneficial. Okay, for me, another question, and this is maybe a question of structure, but does the region dictate how extreme a county could be? So could a county become, could a county adopt their form of communism or their form of anarchy? Or are those counties beholden to the structure of their region? The relationship between the regional government and the sub-states is exactly the same as it is today between the federal government and the state. It's the same relationship. However, so counties, yeah. counties don't have full control. Counties no. only, they, no. don't, they don't have their own government. I'm, I, I changed my idea about this because originally it was the states breaking up. Uh, uh, again, because I, I realized, I looked at the maps of how the counties voted across the country. And I realized, man, a lot of people in California are going to be stuck with a, 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 a progressive liberal government that's going to move to be more socialist. And they're really not going to like that. And what about those people? Are they going to have to leave California and go to Arizona or Texas or something like that? Or wouldn't it be nice if they could just have their own Republican form of government and that has half of the state, which is not dissimilar to these people who want to break up California into two or even six parts. So that would give them the ability to align with the regional, all the other Republican sub-states and be governed through the mechanism of the regional government, which functions like the federal government today, except only for mm -hmm. domestic laws. So no county can just break off and do its own thing. They're still within a structure that's exactly the same as a structure today. It's just, like you say, it's modified, it's moved to a different level. And there's, there's okay, so structural changes, but nothing changes in the laws. The laws all stay the same. For one year though, right? But then the regions can start to- I thought it would be wise. I thought it would be wise to give both sides a year of not making any new laws and pouncing on it, give them a year to talk about it, to discuss what direction they want to go and, and, and talk about the laws that they might change. At least give them a little time after such a large change to the way the government, uh, the, the whole country is organized and to give them a chance to think about it. And then after a year, okay, now let's be more rational and let's slowly introduce the laws and change things the way we want to change them. Not just the big thing here is there's going to be an automatic supermajority of Republicans or, or conservatives on the red side in the red substates and the red regional government. And same for the blue side. Okay, they will have a supermajority. So they will be able to pass according to the laws we have today, the same laws, they will be able to pass whatever they want because they won't have to fight the other side to get it. So they're gonna have to sit back and ask, what do we really want? We don't have to deal with the Democrats anymore. We can just pass whatever we want. Do we wanna really pass a total ban on abortion laws? Do we want that? Or do we wanna let the sub-states determine that? They can just, whatever they wanna do, but they, they're not going to have a significant number of Democrats fighting them. And they will become more conservative. But I suspect not 
too conservative. I'm not conservative. You can't be too conservative. The values are very conservative. And most people think if you move too far to the right, you become fascist. And that's not true. You have to go left to become fascist. Yeah. And we won't. We will move more towards the original constitutional values that we had when the country was founded. And that's the purpose. That's the whole purpose of this entire idea. So I, I read the book and I, I think that uh, you're spot on. And I've been saying this for years and, and I can't take credit for the idea totally, but I, I thought that we need to split the states. And then when I also looked at the county map of the 3000 counties, how they voted for Clinton um, in 2016, I saw that every state, every single state is really divided from the, the urban centers to the suburban to rural and it's blue and then red. Um, so yeah. I, I totally agree. But my one big issue throughout reading the whole book and the one thing that I would want you, if we ever got this amendment to pass in our dreams, to, to address is, can counties have total autonomy um, from the regional governments? For instance, um, you said that we have super majorities, of course, we have 70 to 100% um, conservative control, Republican red control of our county and our sub-state region. Um, but that's not good enough because just having 100% Republican legislators or being in a totally red region would be a little better, but not that good. For instance, if I if I would lived in Red New Hampshire, so New Hampshire is pretty split. If I lived in Red New Hampshire, it would be great, and, and we would have some pretty good laws because we already have pretty good laws. And if we had no Democrats, New Hampshire would be great. That being said, if I'm governed by people who are currently in Republican leadership, who would still be in Republican leadership for the whole region, so the whole Red U.S., we would have some terrible laws. So of the hundred biggest star, you know, the hundred most influential people in the Republican Party right now are Trump, Governor DeSantis, Senator Rick Scott, Senator Josh Hawley, Senator Cornyn, this, that, the other, Christy Noem. You know what kind of policies those top hundred influential Republicans have passed in the last year? Bump stock ban, um, the ATF rating, Paul Brady, more gun laws, other gun laws, Phil Scott in Vermont, gun laws, Rick Scott in Florida, gun laws, Christy Noem, taxing everyone over the internet from all states. Uh, John Cornyn killing the fix the uh, make pass trying to pass the fix next bill and killing the consumer carry reciprocity the Republican senator from uh, Texas and I can go on. So the biggest most influential Republicans are literally as anti-liberty as anyone. So I would not want to live in a region where I'm governed by Republicans or Democrats because Republicans are roughly as bad to take from Democrats. Um, they're roughly as bad as Democrats. So I would want I would think the system's phenomenal, but New Hampshire Republicans are as somewhere around between libertarian and voluntarist and conservative. They're pretty conservatarian. Um, New Hampshire Republicans, New Jersey Republicans, even Florida Republicans, as we just saw, they voted for a minimum wage. Uh, Rick Scott, before he left the governorship, uh, he, he passed a massive package of, of gun control bills. This is Florida, where the Republicans have big majorities. Um, other states where Republicans have super majorities, they're passing gun laws. I think Indiana, under Mike Pence, passed the red flag law. And Indiana probably has Republican super majorities everywhere. So Republican supermajorities and, and Republicans on their own volition without Democrats, they are actually the ones passing gun control and killing the Concealed Carry Reciprocity Act when it was in, in the uh, House and Senate, the, those two bills a few years ago. So as long as you say our county could be pretty autonomous and New Hampshire Republicans can be pretty for liberty and let Texas Republicans be statists and let Florida and New Jersey and New York Republicans be statists. I, I knew some New York Republicans and some others on this call know some New York Republicans. They are moderate or even far left authoritarian socialists who barely differ on a few issues from the Democrats there. So can you, could you tell us that, that our counties could have some autonomy to govern ourselves, even in this system? Because I, I think this, this is the perfect idea. And this, this is exactly what we need. Counties to you know, be able to separate out from blue, but we also have to separate from the bad Republicans. First, 
whatever the relationship is today between the federal government, then the state, then the county and the cities, this idea retains that. It doesn't change. I do not change. I set out to not change any laws. I even spent a long time trying to figure out what to do with the Federal Reserve. Well, I want to abolish it, but I'm not out to change the laws. I just wanted to change the organization, how our government is put together to enable the left and the right to live apart from each other, but still within the same country. I don't want to split it up because I recognize that it's just not going to happen unless we get a rogue state, let's say Texas. I would could only wish Texas would just say, you know what, we're out of here. We don't like what's going on. We're going to go start our own country. And what are you going to do about it? And then have about 20 Republican states join them. Okay. And the military is going to stand down. They're people say, oh, the military is going to go invade them. No, they're not. The military is not going to go kill a bunch of Americans. They're fellow citizens. That's their home. The people are from Texas and Oklahoma and all those states. Well, they're going to stand down. Um, but whatever their relationship is the same thing. If a county can't go off and do its own thing today, it's not going to in, in the new situation unless the regional government and all the people on the red side uh, uh, decide to make a law that says, hey, counties can do what you want. You want to become a separate county? Somehow, fine, but I don't know how that would work. You want more autonomy? Fine. You just have to get it enacted through the process we have today because the laws stay the same. I don't change any laws. I even retain the Fed. I figured out how to make the Fed work. I think I'm not an expert on it, but that's the relationship. As far as all these Republican, red, conservative people enacting laws that, that are anti-liberty, I can't change that. But I can say this, you're now going to be living in a part of the country that's, say, 70%, 75% majority Republican, red, conservative people. They're going to act differently. They're going to- I'm not that optimistic. <laughs> well, no, that because, because I think because of the influence of the Democrats, we're intermixed all over the country with the Democrats. And when all of a sudden half the country, and, and by, by area, it's most of the country, but just by population, let's call it half the country, when all these areas don't have to fight the Democrats anymore, all of a sudden- Well, we've seen super majorities. There are states where Republicans have massive trifecta and super majorities, and they're still becoming more authoritarian by the day, right? They're still influenced by the federal government, which has its thumb on everybody. They have strings with money attached, everything. This is going to break that. This is going to break all of that. Now, the only strings attached are going to come from your regional government. And now you have the, the possibility of going to your regional government and sending your own people there and influencing the direction of our country and pushing us towards more liberty and more freedom. But if we keep doing what we're doing, it's not going to happen. We're moving left. And in spite of four years of Trump, and let's say he even comes back in four years, who's going to take his place after that? He's the only person in probably the history of the country since George Washington, who has the gumption to stand up and do what he thinks is right, even if not everything he thinks uh, is right, is, is really for liberty. But if you change the country in the way I've described, you will find in a, a conservative dominated country without this kind of opposition and without the kind of pressure from the federal government, we will be able to move 
back in the direction that you want. That's my goal. That's what I want. I see that. And I a lot of people tell me, oh, the Republicans are just as bad as the Democrats. They're not. Okay. But they're not that much better. But I think once you separate us, we will get better because we won't have to deal with the socialist pressures, the cultural pressures, all of that will be separated. That's the whole point. Well, let's okay, just optimize on give, our show. <laughs> I'm going to give Mike, I'm going to turn it over to you in a minute. Um, I think one of the things Tom obviously is saying is the Overton window for each region is going to move to a great extent. And it just occurred to me, things like South Carolina, where you get Lindsey Graham's because you have open primaries, that type of a thing would change. But I want, as everybody talks and makes great points, I want you to keep repeating in your head, what are all alternatives here? Yeah. So our alternatives here are secession of a red state, which I think I heard Tom say would be ideal. And we're going to speak to that. We're hoping to actually get Daniel Miller from Texas Nationalist Movement on the show at some point. And then just brutal civil war. And by the way, at the end of a civil war, uh, exactly where do we land, even if we go that route? So whether Tom has all the answers or not, can anybody picture a scenario where every block in this country has its own laws, where every house in this country has its own laws, with every city Steve? and county? So just bear in mind, what are all alternatives here? Go ahead, Steve, Tom, and then we're going to go to Mike. Why, oh, the, okay. This is why I picked the counties. I, I changed my mind. Like I say, for three, four, five years, I was at the state level, and then I kind of dropped the idea because nobody seemed to be interested in it, but I can't keep my head out of it. It's like my baby. I spent a full year just writing this book. I mean, I didn't do anything else. I didn't even go out to dinner. I just sat on this my computer and wrote this book, and my head was just going like a million miles an hour. And, and one problem led to another problem to another problem, and I had to solve them all. It was originally just going to be a three-page uh, essay. That's it. And it just wouldn't stop. So when I got done with it, I'm like, okay, this is, this is, I created something here. This is great. But four or five years later, I'm looking at it and going, it's got a problem. How do I solve that problem? The problem is too many people are stuck in the government that they don't like. <clears throat> if we split it up, <clears throat> excuse me, if you split it up by states, there's too much chaos. And, or you move towards real secession, breaking the country in two. So I looked at the counties, the county map. And I thought, what about cities? And cities doesn't cover it because the cities are small in size. But if you go at the county level, all the structure for everything's in place to do it the way I've described it by breaking up a state into two states, the red side and the blue side. And the counties, by doing it by counties, you, you cover the entire country. And I'm not worried about territories, it's a different thing. But you, you cover the entire country, every square inch of land and every person is in a county somewhere. You can't do it by city. You can't do it by town, village, or neighborhood. It doesn't work. Look at Los Angeles. So it would be a, just a complete patchwork. I mean, the basin, a complete patchwork of different uh, political entities. But counties are about the right size. One to four hours to drive across a county. They're not that big. You can go across counties easily to the next county over. Uh, like I say, they cover the entire county and you know, the majority of people tend to reside in one county or another. And you can look at them and say, this one's blue, this one's red, this one's kind of purple. But guess what? They get to vote what side they want to be on. And if they vote by, by a half a percent to be one side or the other, 
And four years later, they can change their mind if they decide they made a mistake. So, so Tom, what I hear you saying is Beverly Hills, which purportedly voted for Trump in this election, they're still going to be stuck in a blue L.A. county, but they're going to be able to drive 20 miles into a red county. And the alternative would be what? The alternative is California secedes. They're still stuck in a blue state. So your alternative I, still is I, better I, than I, the other ones. I can't take this down to the level of every individual person and giving him everything he wants. I can't. It doesn't work if you do it by town or city. It just doesn't work. At the county level, it works. I admit there, like I said, there are conservatives in the, in the Bay Area, and they're going to end up in a blue side. Now, a lot of people say, I've had people tell me, I don't want to be in a, in, a, in a liberal area like that that's going to turn fascist and then it's going to really destroy my rights. I said, you already live in one. If, if you adopt this idea and say, I can't get this far with most people. So this is so refreshing to me to be able to really talk about this. If you live in a, a, a blue county right now, a blue area, I see the whole thing as the blue area is going to move and be more blue, but it's not going to be come fascist. I, it's never going to go that far. There, like I say, there are checks and balances in our country today. That's what kept Obama from putting us in concentration camps. And there will be checks and balances in my system, and it will prevent the Dem Democrats, liberals, from going too far with it. That. So if you live in, an, in a city like Beverly Hills, you have a certain amount of autonom autonomy within your city, but you still live in a dominantly blue area and it will get a little bit more blue, but it's not going to hurt you. It's not going to kill you. Just go to France, go to any socialist country around the, the world, Canada, whatever. It, is life really that bad? No, it's not. We're not going to become like Venezuela. And if we have the two-state solution for America, we're going to move way off in the direction of peace and happiness for everybody because we, we get to stop fighting over every little thing except that which is properly federal and national, international. That's in the federal government. But we don't have to fight over every issue known to mankind anymore. And if you live in a Beverly Hills, if it gets that bad in the blue area, um, they can move. I don't know. I don't have a solution for every person or All every I'm saying political is, persuasion. This is better than the alternatives. Mike, what did you want to say? Well, I have a lot of thoughts running through my head. Uh, Tom, I, I appreciate this. I'm a little handicapped because I'm not familiar with, with uh, your book. Um, so let me just touch on a couple of things. I, I, I can see this working with certain cultural, social issues, tax policy, to a point, I mean, we have a lot of embedded institutions, Hollywood, big tech. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of leftist institutions out there that I don't know that we can totally escape from. <clears throat> um, the the other point, larger point, I guess I wanted to make is, um, I started thinking about like energy policy. So, what happens if the the blue region decides, you know what, we're going all solar wind electric cars. We don't want any of your gas cars coming into our region. You're not allowed here. You know, what do you, how does something like that work? So those are a couple of the bigger issues that went through my head. That right there is a good question. Um, I spent a lot of years pondering all the implications of this. Uh, I spent a lot of time talking to people sitting in an airplane for 14 hours flying over the Pacific Ocean. 
Uh, there's a lot of guys that are political in the cockpit and uh, some, most are uh, conservative, some are liberal, but I've, I've tried this out on, on a lot of guys over the years and I get a lot of objections based on a, you know, a, a three minute synopsis of it from me. They don't know anything, uh, yeah. but they have questions and, and uh, I've responded to them uh, in this current version of my book. I've answered most of them, but I'm sure I haven't answered all of them. Uh, that's one I, I never would have imagined, actually. Yeah, I mean, we have no. an infrastructure yeah. for our yeah. energy supply. They could, they could declare, they could never. declare, they could declare internal combustion engines unlawful. I mean, that would be the point of it. But this is what I tell people, and I put this in the book. Okay, would you rather continue doing what we're doing today, or would you rather have half or actually more than three quarters of the country uh, area wise that is under our control and we can do what we want. Do you really need to go into a liberal area that bad that you can't live with that? Or if you're in Beverly Hills, you can't live with the more socialist policies they have on the, on the blue side of California. When, when you can cure almost all the problems in in, in the rest of the country, half the population, three quarters of the land area, you can fix most of those problems. And as Elliot said, um, the Republicans really aren't oriented towards liberty enough. And all of that is an issue. But I think with the two-state solution for America, we are going to move the red side, all of the red counties, in the right direction. I think we will become stronger. And I think the Democrats will become weaker if they have too many uh, higher taxes, uh, getting rid of internal combustion engines, things like that. You can see all the big corporations moving over to the red side. They're going to say, screw this. We're out of here. And, uh, and or their counties will start voting to be on the red side. We will grow. We will grow, get bigger and bigger. And then we will have the domination in the federal government. And then the, the Democrat side or the, the, the blue, blue states, the blue substates and counties, they will shrink to whatever makes them happy. But we will start gaining influence across the whole country. Now, can we translate that into more influence around the world? I don't know, because Dem uh, Republicans tend to be kind of squishy people. And I, I don't know if I can change that. That's a little bit big of a thing to ask of me. So uh, but, what happens with something? I mean, I'm also trying to think, like, how do we I mean, there's a separation to a point, but there's a lot that binds us together right now. So something like Social Security, all that money that's in the federal government. Yeah, Medicare, I, had to, I had to go through. Yeah, he all explains of that in the book. I, I went through all of those because I, I, I looked up online. What are all the government agencies in the federal government. And I had to go through them one by one and go, yeah, health and human services. What the hell do I do with that? Social security, people are gonna get social security from the federal government. How do I solve that? I think I did a pretty good job of it, but I'm open to suggestions. So here, here's my big issue. Um, you actually did answer my, my question somewhat satisfactorily. So I, I do appreciate that. Um, hmm. my, my one big question that remains it, for your plan is you still have it divided by red and blue. And, and you said, you know, I say I'm a pessimist. I said Republicans are still pretty statist, but a bit less statist than left. You said good conservatives are good when you put pressure on them with supermajorities and give them a mandate. And I understand that. But what if there really was a third or even more actual ideologies? I would argue, and I'm going to argue in my book on succession that I hope to publish at some point in my dreams, that there are at least three sides. There's conservative and all that means. And there's a spectrum of how 
pro-liberty, how, you know, how pro-liberty versus how uh, conservative, more authoritarian. There's the, the radical progressive socialist with some kind of spectrum there. Um, and then there's libertarian, which, which is, as I'm sure you, you know, is very fiscally conservative, very socially tolerant. They're totally fine with LGBT, marriage equality for LGBT, um, cannabis laws, um, a lot of criminal justice differences with, with drug laws and a lot of other laws. So they are as different from conservatives as they are from Democrats. So it's a triangle, it's one, two, three. No, one, two, three. So it's not even a dichotomy of two sides on spectrum. It's actually three. Libertarians are here. They are very different from Democrats and very different from Republicans. There are at least three ideologies in the U.S. I, as, as a libertarian, I'm as different from conservatives in general. If, if there was some kind of general, um, let's say, uh, typical prototype, conservative prototype, progressive, a prototype libertarian is as different from the other two. Um, so with red and blue, some libertarians, I would find a home on the red. I, I would be more similar on the red side because lower taxes, gun rights, homeschool rights, that, that's a no-brainer for me. But many libertarians whose biggest issues are cannabis and LGBT equality for marriage would have a really tough time because they do like low taxes and gun rights and education rights and First Amendment as well. Um, they would have a tough time deciding between the two and they might never find a home. So can you just add a third color like gold or, or just have no one another option? You can always uh, <laughs> give the libertarians Guam. You want Guam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Again, I'm going to ask you, what's your alternative? Yeah, like, can it be have perfect? a country I mean, on every block? So but that's why counties need autonomy. And I asked that question, and he he mentioned that that, and I did read that in the book that you know the laws would be the same, but we could amend our constitution to give counties more um, more autonomy, yes. which, which is the yes, decent answer. Could. So I'm okay with that. But I can answer your question really well. I don't see it that way. I see that there are two primary ideologies in the world. And I have a, a, a graph in the book uh, that explains it. To the right, you have liberty. And to the left, you have control. Socialism on the left, capitalism on the right. Those are the two ideologies. Okay? Everything else is a subset. I can't cater to everybody's uh, amalgamation of ideas, how they put things together. They're uh, completely, some people have some very twisted ideas and they put completely, totally opposite ideas together. I, I, I like libertarian ideas more, um, but primarily it's liberty, uh, freedom, capitalism on the right, socialism, collectivism on the left. That's the two ideologies I'm dealing with. And that's how we're split up in our country and most of the world uh, is on that line. And I'm trying to push, take part of America and enable us to move it more to the right. And if that isn't asking enough, you know, I can't, I can't cater to everybody's subset of political ideas and, and, and how they see life in the world. So Jody. within that, within that, you should be able to, get the libertarians together and now we have a primarily uh, red conservative uh, group of people who get to govern themselves apart from the democrats mostly and you can push towards more libertarian ideas in certain states or counties but in any case we benefit and they can do what they want on the other side you might not be able to drive an internal combustion engine over there we'll figure out how to get around that but i will take uh, half the country and make it more free any day over what we've got now and where we're headed. Jody, okay. you want I to have one more issue with you, but I'll, I'll let Jimmy. Jody go first. Go, Jody. Oh, uh, sorry. My question goes back to something said earlier. Um, I hate to like get off track here, <clears> but 
One of the things, um, Tom, was the funding of the federal government. And it's, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a, it's a basically a progressive tax, if you will. Each, um, each uh, region uh, based on their GDP or each sub-state based on their GDP pays a certain percentage. So the states doing better, presumably ultimately will be the conservative <clears throat> states who uh, promote, um, you know, people being prosperous and businesses. And so, so presumably, ultimately, um, will <laughs> the conservative states be the ones really funding the federal government while the liberal states really are just being supported by the conservatives funding the federal government? I guess that's kind of a, just a, a little question I had in there on that well, structure. It's a, it's a good question. Um, I came up with that idea because it seemed uh, reasonable and fair way to fund the government. Let's, I imagine that uh, the Republican uh, side or the red side uh, becomes dominant in the country, 80, 90% of the country, uh, counties all moved to our side because we're just that much better. And uh, all of a sudden we have 90% of the country, but there's always some Democrat blue state uh, holdouts. They just don't want to give it up, right? But now we're most of the country. Now, shouldn't we fund the federal government, which has to be funded through a process that does it based on your GDP, which is how much, uh, how big you are, uh, how much you produce. If you ask the Democrats today, they're going to say that the blue side of our country today produces more and uh, is better quality and everything than the red side, just as in the state of Washington, Eastern Washington is blue and Western Washington is agricultural and poor. And that's the way they see the whole country. We're a bunch of hicks live out in the farmlands and we don't make that much money. We're there in the tech business and they're making tons of money. So, Hey, why should they give anything to us? Just, just get rid of those, those stupid conservatives. They're just poor, ag poor primitive people. So I'm saying, fine, go live your own life. But over the years, you're going to find that uh, maybe, um, all your big companies, uh, at least a lot of them, are going to move over to the red side because we're going to have better tax policies, better regulation policies, everything. And then you're going to lose out on those sides and counties are going to move over to our side and California will become more and more red. All the whole country will become more and more red uh, in this in this uh scenario that I'm, I'm positing. And so, is, is that really the case? I mean, one of the concerns I have right now is you see a lot of these companies leaving blue states with their oppressive tax regimes, going to red states like Texas, and then importing their belief system. <clears throat> I mean, I think there's a concern there. I can answer that one too. Another good question, because trust me, it's come up. Um, I've had a lot of people tell me that just based on that, they say, oh, it'll never work because you know, all the Democrats and liberals are gonna come over to the Republican side where the economy is good and they're gonna destroy it. But guess what? On the day we partition, we're gonna have a, a super majority of Republicans on our side at the county, sub-state and regional level. And we make our own laws. After one year, we get to think about it. Then we start making our own laws and we reinforce our constitution in ways that I can envision, I've already written out my own version of the Constitution uh, that prevents our laws from being changed. It prevents 
the Democrats from coming over and doing what they're doing today, taking over our, our red states and turning them blue, it would prevent them from doing that. When they come over, they're going to have to learn and live by our laws, and they won't be able to become dominant on our side. Our culture will change them. They won't change our culture because we're going to start off with a super majority, more than two thirds. I'm pretty sure I can't calculate it out, but I'm pretty sure uh, we put something in our constitution and another amendment that says the second amendment cannot be changed even by an amendment. And we could reinforce it. We could say that people have a right to their guns, whatever. We could even say they don't have a right to machine guns, bombs, tanks, cannons. Fine. I don't care. But they have a right to self-defense, an absolute right. And this amendment cannot be changed by any law. So that's an example of the kind of things we could do with our constitution that would prevent invasion by people from the liberal side and changing our laws. It, it, we need to reinforce the laws we have. We need to set it up so it can't be changed by their influence. And I think if we did this, I think that people like us would push for this sort of thing. Change our constitution at the fundamental level so that uh, I, would, I would try and get a law in. This is no public uh, education, absolutely no public education. It's all private. So, and that this law cannot be changed. Elliot, go ahead. Who'd you say? Elliot. <clears throat> I think we lost Not him. To unmute you. Can right, I want to say- Go ahead, Jody. I'll say something if nobody, I, I wanted to say, <clears throat> say something about, um, you know, again, I'm in Illinois and I would really love to leave this state. It's, a, it's, 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 it's unimaginable to me that so many people have continued to vote blue despite what's happening in their own backyards. It's, it's, it's I just don't understand it. But, but I love this idea because I would have the ability to move someplace or maybe even not uh, without leaving family so far. So there'd be a lot of people, well, maybe you'd have to move to the next county over, but that sure beats moving to a Southern state or you know, moving from Illinois to Tennessee or something and moving so far away from family. I don't mind the concept that you can't please everyone and some people will have to move. I mean, voting with your feet, that's the whole premise of that, right? Is that's what freedom is. Look, it's, it's happening freedom today. Is, what's that? It's happening today. Yes, it's happening today. It's at the state level. I would bring yes. it down to the county level yeah. and allow people who live in San Francisco, Beverly Hills, to go yeah. and move somewhere not too yeah. far away. They still get to be in California. Right. I'm, I might still have to move. I have no problem with our country functioning in a way that you have to move where to, to meet your worldview. I, I, I fully support that because other that is what freedom looks like. If but I like really, this idea better. Yeah. If you really want to move, you could move. Now, I've had people tell me, I don't want to be forced to move. And I have, I, I talk about this repeatedly in the book. You, nobody in this scenario, the way I envision it, would be forced to move, okay? It would be voluntary. If your side becomes more socialist than it already is, and you just kind of don't like a little more socialism, then go ahead and move. It's voluntary. It's your choice, okay? Nobody's forcing the 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 stormtroopers not going to come and kick you out of your house. That's not going to happen. Even on the Democrat side, the liberal side, P 
people think it would, but that's this is not real. It's not well, realistic. I don't even see that anybody's forcing them to move. It's a desire to go where your worldview exists. Nobody's a, forcing you. It is right. you move to where your worldview suits you. And right. the reason that the, this county thing is better is because now I don't have to move five states away. I could move an hour and a half for my family versus a three hour plane ride. Right, and and uh, it's not even that, it's uh, that, what was I going to say? Um, it, yeah, this, this gives you more freedoms within the system. There's a lot of people, conservatives living in, in uh, liberal areas, and they don't care. They're like, whatever. Hey, I moved back to California, and you know what? I don't care. It's more expensive. They got regulations. We got Pelosi. We got all these crazy people. I ignore that stuff. I, I know I have to pay more for living here, but I get benefits that I think are worth it. So I'd rather live here than Texas. Okay, I've been in Texas and uh, spent enough years in Arizona. So I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm, I just, I want to be here um, and I'm willing to spend the extra money. I ignore the politics here. I really don't care. It's more national these days anyway. Um, so whatever. But I get to do things I can't in Texas. Um, so a lot of people living in the Bay Area, conservatives, staunch conservatives, they don't care. They already live there. So they can't complain if it becomes a little more liberal. They really can't. But I, I say that it will not become too liberal because of the built-in checks and balances that are in my system. One of them being that, that counties can change sides. So if the liberals want to push their county into too much either cultural or financial uh, left-wing left uh, ideas and policies, They'll suffer the, the consequences, and that is people are start, going to start leaving their side. And if they push too hard, then maybe only 10% of the country is left to be liberal anymore. And, and it all becomes conservative. Is that not a good thing? Elliot, go ahead. So, so the, other big, the other big issue that I see, um, because we all know how leftists are, and we, we are fine letting them live their lives and us living our lives. Leftists want to take control. So one of the things that I'm positive they would do if you did pass the 28th Amendment and we had the partition, which would be great, what they would do is they would say, okay, the federal government, the actual federal U.S. government, only has a few enumerated powers, one of which is to um, ensure national security and deal with the military and international affairs. They will say, like they already did with the Paris Climate Accord and a lot of other issues, they'll say global warming is a national emergency, and therefore we need federal global warming laws for the whole, for the whole country, for every single person in the country. They're going to do this with gun with gun violence. Gun violence is an epidemic. Haven't you heard from every town and, and uh, Bloomberg's moms demand action and uh, communism? So they're going to make these things into. They're already saying it. They're already doing this. It's not even far fetched, right? They're saying uh, gun violence and uh, capitalism and global warming are national security threats. The biggest national security threat. I think even who was it? Mattis. Even Trump's people said the biggest national security threat in the world to our security is global warming. So it's not that far off for them to make that into. And all they have to do is win in the court of public opinion, right? To convince people, which most Americans, 80% have been convinced that global warming is a real existential threat and it's man-made and we need communism to solve it. How, how would you address that? I guess the only thing we could do is put in your 20th Amendment to the Constitution for the partition, add to it that the federal government has certain very clearly enumerated powers and any politician who seeks to violate them, um, we will uh, dispose of them and punish them accordingly. 
there has to be a discussion about what is properly federal and what is properly properly domestic law. So whenever, and I put it in the book, whenever you make some sort of a law that affects you, the individual, I'm giving you some welfare money. Hey, that's a personal thing. That's domestic law. But I need to make a treaty with another country. That's obviously a federal thing. Uh, I, I have to admit, and I did, that uh, pollution uh, could be subject and would be subject to more national uh, discussions. And But the Democrats won't just be able to go into the federal government and take over. Now, right now, we're fairly split population-wise, forgetting the land area. But I envision that over the years, the Republican side will do better economically, that the liberal, uh, more squishy, moderate uh, liberals will move over the side uh, to our side some of their counties will move over to our side we will get bigger we will grow we will take over the federal government and we will be able to stop them in their tracks they won't be able to institute these things what we're, they're doing now is they're they're doing it they're putting it into position once they get texas and they get arizona and apparently georgia i didn't even know till this election that that georgia and arizona were going blue and i'm like wow okay so uh, every state is going blue they get Texas, they get Texas and we're screwed. Okay, so we're just on the losing end of the whole thing and we're never going to get anything back. So I know this is just all a, a, a thought uh, process, just as thinking about this. What are some possible solutions? How can we fix the problems we have? That's what this idea is all about. Uh, I would like it if it if it influenced, if it, uh, I, I don't expect it to actually happen. Uh, we can't even get a flat tax. So um, I, I don't see the country getting behind this and supporting it. it requires what, two thirds or three quarters uh, vote of the states and things like that. So is that gonna happen? No, we don't have enough support for something like this or secession or lots of things. But, but I wanna influence ideas and get people th thinking about how we can solve the problems we have. And I think if we were to implement this idea, I really think the federal government would soon become dominated by the conservative ideology. Okay, let me, let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Oh, go ahead. Did you want to ask something? Go ahead. Okay, Tom. Here, here's here's a you know the, probably the biggest question that you and I have gone back and forth with in our private conversation. So I'll, mm -hmm. I'll throw it out so everybody can hear us talk about it. Mm -hmm. My understanding is that the carrot that will get the blue states to agree to this deal is that within their region, as far as domestic policy goes, they can enact whatever they want. They want if they want to ban the internal combustion engine, they can do it. If they want to have gay marriage legal, they can. If, whatever it is they want to do, they can do it. Okay. And so just preliminarily, is that is that understanding correct? That is true. But okay. in reality, we know all the left wants is domination and control of the entire world. And they're working on it with all the globalist ideas going around and stuff. They're not going to give anything up to anybody. So I, I had a whole chapter in the book that addressed this. And it just basically was taunting them and saying, really, you don't want the country, a side of the country where you can do anything you want? Because that's right. what you're telling us you want. So why wouldn't you want half the country that you control totally without right. us? But so, we know in reality, they'll never do that. Let's just for a moment say that they that they would do it. But that's that's the carrot. That's the thing that would make that should make them want to do it. And right. I'm not I'm not. 
the purpose of my question is not to accuse them of hypocrisy or to trap them. <laughs> yeah. Let's 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 just assume that's that's the carrot and that's what they want. My my question is, and what what I can't seem to get past in in I've read your book a couple of times now. Mm, why nice. would the state governments, which currently under our current system have plenary power to enact the kinds of laws that you're talking about, <clears throat> why would they surrender their power to these to these regions to these sub you know the subnational or subregional governments nobody's right going to have this nobody, power huh nobody's going to surrender any power ever oh. anywhere nobody gives up anything but see in my oh. vision in the beginning i was over in dreamland the first year when i was writing this and i was saying oh this is such a great idea everybody's going to want this because it's going to bring every Everybody, what they want, it gives you the government of your dreams as close as you can get it. So why wouldn't the left want it? And I'm like, I know they don't because that's about what they want. But the states, the states would, it's not a state thing. It's not about the states giving up power at all. It's about the federal government, so the whole country. It's the whole country saying, okay, let's have the whole, half the country, your side, half of our side, you can do what you want, okay? It just happens. By coincidence, that breaking the states up into two smaller states, sub-states, uh, allows me to do it in such a way that benefits the maximum number of people. That is the really the best way to do it. And I've seen a few, uh, two other people over the last few years even suggest that we break up the country by counties. And But it's not where I got my idea, but they're on the right track because you can't do it by states unless you have just straight secession. And then all the chaos that's going to follow that. Uh, and you can't do it by cities and towns and things like that. Uh, I think Ed was asking, why would, why would state governments like, like the right. state house, like the governor's <laughs> office, give up control? But Ed, to that's answer the question, point. it wouldn't give up control. He would just be split in half. He would be cut in half. They, they, no. so it, I, Newsom, Newsom would be the governor of the blue side. He would remain the governor of blue He still has his control. He still has his control. And you take the legislature in California and whatever Republicans are left in that in that side of the legislature, they could have left their own the red side. The yeah, blue, blue people would stay over on the blue side. And then you'd have to do a little bit of rejiggering of the, the state governments to, to fill in spaces wherever you need people. Uh, and that's where I say the only real change to the whole system is adding a, a number of state legislatures and, and readjusting the courts. But but uh, otherwise, you're basically taking the state like California and splitting it like an amoeba uh, splits into two identical, uh, uh, smaller, uh, uh, but uh, the same the same organism. OK, and you're doing that. So it's the states aren't this question is kind of weird because the states aren't giving up power so much as people are agreeing to a system for the entire country that works for everybody's benefit. Well, no. So let me just say, it's not. They become, they become moot because if the blue region can enact any law that they want, then it doesn't matter if if blue California wants something or blue or blue Delaware wants something or blue New York wants something, because the region itself is going to already have the power to do that, and there's going to be a super majority that's going to that's going to be able to impose that. Not necessarily. The states will still have the power of the state. The, the, the structure is exactly the same, except for that each state is split into two. Okay, so now Newsom gets to be the governor of the blue side. Okay, now all the blue, 50 blue states, sub-states, okay, they get to go to their national government over at the regional capital, wherever that is. Maybe it's California, New York, who knows. 
or whatever. So they have their own capital and they all get together and they say they send uh, their legislatures to their uh, uh, government, which now becomes their national government. I wouldn't call it federal. To, I wouldn't confuse it, <clears throat> but they have their own government. Now, the people of every state on their side gets to have a voice in how they want to run their country, just like we do today. It's no different except for that they're 70 percent or maybe 80 percent uh, Democrat or, or uh, liberal, <clears throat> liberal progressive. OK, so now they go to their national government and they have a conversation about how they want their country what it, they want it to look like. Do they want more uh, autonomy of the states, more autonomy of the counties? They can do anything they want. They have to start with the laws we have today. They have to use the process in place today, and then they can decide if the, if the states or sub-states will be uh, moot or if they will have power. Because I think what's gonna happen is that the 50 blue states are gonna say, you know what? We all want to ban abortion. So if they pass that law at the regional level, then all the blue, blue sub-states, uh, um, sorry, not ban abortion, but guns. They want to ban guns. So they could pass that at the regional level. And yeah, it will become more homogenous on each side. I agree. I know. I agree with yep. you on that. It will become more homogenous. But what you're doing is you're allowing that entire side of the country to, to set the rules they want to live by. Right, but like take the, your example of guns or, or earlier we talked about the internal combustion engine. If the blue region bans one of those two things, a blue state is not gonna be able to pass a law overriding that. The only thing that they could do is make a more restrictive law theoretically, but they're not gonna be able to contradict the regional level. Well, we've, fact, got Ro we've got Roe v. Wade. I mean, how do the states, the, that should be a state question, but apparently it's a national question. This is, or a federal question, because this is how all these local laws, domestic laws have become federal. And this is why we're arguing with everybody else in this country uh, over all these laws, because they want to ban guns and they want free abortions. We what I'm saying is, would you replace the federal government tyranny and and stepping on 10th Amendment with the regional government stepping on our 10th Amendment rights. No, that's Would actually that? not, that's not exactly what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that as I read your proposal, the state governments under your proposal would wind up being a lot like what county governments are today. Not a whole lot of power to do anything other than impose a more restrictive rule than the state level has. That's and possible. That's not a whole lot of power at all. I don't see how, you know, why or how the states are going to agree to do that. Okay, that's that's possible if all the people of all the sub-states agree to have certain laws that they all agree with. Why do they all agree with it? Because there's 80% of one ideology on that side. And they're going to say, you know what, you know, California might ban guns, but uh, Oregon doesn't want to ban guns. Vermont doesn't want to ban guns. Okay, so they're going to have to have that discussion amongst themselves. We're going to have to have it on our side, too. If we we do make laws at the regional level, then uh, that would apply to everybody on that side, then that's just the process that our current government setup gives us, okay? I don't know how people are gonna uh, uh, attack that. I don't know how they're gonna approach it. Are they really gonna go to the regional government and ban abortions across every red sub-state? I don't know. I, it, it's possible, and if they did that- you're offering them though? 
But we already have Roe v. Wade. We already have so many laws at the federal level that tell the states what they can and can't do. And I'm trying to at least give this to all the conservatives on one side and all the liberals on the other side. You do what you want. We'll do what we want. If we have some of these laws move up to the regional level and apply to everybody on our side, that's what the people want. That's done by majority vote. It's done by the election of certain people into those positions to make the laws. Right. I understand that at the at the regional level. Totally understand that. I just don't understand why Newsom or Cuomo or the state legislatures of those respective states would surrender as much power as would be necessary to create these regional powers in the first place. On day one, on day one, they're not surrendering anything. The only thing that could happen is that after that year uh, period that I gave it, that I, I think is reasonable, that everybody sit on it and start talking about the future. Then once they start making laws at the regional level, you have the input from every person in yes. that side and every state on that side. And they go to their regional government and they say, here's the way we'd like to see our, our, our side of the country move forward. And if, if people are smart like you, they'll say, we want to keep the ability to make certain decisions at the state level, which I the sub-state level, okay? So every state now, I call them states now, they're the sub-states, everyone can say, we wanna keep these abilities to govern ourselves at the more local level. We don't want the regional government usurping our powers and telling us that we can or can't have abortions. That should be a state question, okay? So, so there would still be a good, strong 10th Amendment. Yeah, that's good. the whole thing that's is I good. keep, I keep, this keeps federalism, but I, I don't know whether it was you or Ed, somebody said the way you said it, I think it was Ed, you said it in a way that I thought was brilliant. I wish I could have written it down, but uh, you, you said that would be a good title oh, for my book. Totally he said federalism reimagined. Ed said that. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Could so an issue that, that I have down? somewhat, somewhat related to, to Ed's <clears throat> thing, and, and this is what I thought he was going to say, <clears throat> was currently in a lot of states, maybe five, 10 states like California, New York, New Jersey, Illinois, Connecticut, Massachusetts, there is zero opposition from Republicans. In California, there are zero Republicans in the entire state politically. Newsom does 100% whatever he wants, literally. They have super duper ultra majorities in the assembly and the Senate of California. So when you pitch this to Governor Newsom, he has zero incentive to come onto your idea because you'd say, how would you like a blue California with no Republican opposition? And he'll say, I currently have no Republican opposition. What's in it for me? <laughs> this, this, this is not for the state governors to decide. This is for the country to decide. And if the people of the country said, you know what? I like Tom Kemp's idea. His, it's going to allow us to live how we want. They live how they want and let's vote on it. And, and the state legislatures all vote for this constitutional amendment that says we do this because everybody scrutinized it and they, this would work this really That's a good answer work. so you don't care this about guy, making Newsom happy you want to make the people happy yeah an answer. okay i would just i would just add he's just going to strengthen cal exit and you know what let california um secede from the union i want to start yeah. to wrap up but i want to ask okay, I have but, one question for you tom Oh, okay. Go ahead. Finish your thought. Finish your thought. I was going to say, let's say California wanted to exit, but only the blue side of California is going to exit. The red side is going to say, screw you. We're staying in the union. Okay. So they're going to do whatever they, it takes to say, we're not going with you because you can't force us to go with you because you're illegal. Now you're acting against the laws of this country, whatever, da, 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 da. They don't have to all go. Okay. I want to say, I mean, 
I believe most of us agree that your book is incredibly creative and may solve the problem of the day. The question I want to ask you, because I think this is an ongoing conversation, we're not going to solve this today. I have a checkbook open. I just wrote out a check for a million dollars. I can write it to Texas Nationalist Movement, or I can write it to Two-State Solution for America Movement. In your mind, Tom, if we could make one of these two things work, which is ideal and why? Right. <clears throat> the Texas seceding is ideal because I think that would create a domino effect with several, if not 20 other red states and say, yeah, Texas is right. They're leaving and this country has just really had it. They're, they're, they're becoming too corrupt. It's getting out of control, just like George Washington said it would. You got to keep your fire smaller. It gets out of control. So that's a more immediate, tangible solution to the problems that we have today. My idea would take decades. You've got to educate the people. They've got to understand it. It's very complicated. It's very deep. And they're not going to understand it. And so it would take decades, if not several decades, to get it uh, implemented. I Today, right now, if I could get Texas to secede, I would move there. I would buy a house there. And uh, I would uh, bring my guns with me. And I don't think the federal government's going to do a damn thing about it. People all think they would, but I, I really seriously. I put 10 years of thought into that, and I really don't think the federal government's going to send in the military. They might assassinate a few people here and there, but they're just not going to do they're not going to do a whole scale invasion. They're not going to do that, especially if a dozen states follow them. And, they're, and then Texas has the power to be able to say, hey, look, you guys have screwed up America so bad. We don't want to be here anymore. But if you want us to stay, here's what you're going to do. And that's the only way we can change this government. We either get out of it completely or we act like we're going to get out of it. And then we say, you want us to stay, you're going to have to make these changes to our government. And you're going to have to stop pushing your values on us because we don't want them anymore. That's a great answer. Okay, I want to give everybody time to ask or say whatever they want to say. Uh, we'll start again with Jody. Um, well, I, don't, I, I hope we can continue this conversation, Tom. I hope you get to come back. I feel like I could talk and ask questions and listen to you for another couple hours. I hope to be a regular guest here. Awesome, because yeah. I really, I, there's, it is complicated, as you say, um, but I think it's really worth continuing the discussion and the dialogue. We don't know where we're going in the future. And as Steve said, what's the alternative? And the alternative doesn't look good. So I think we should keep the conversation going. I like it. Ed? I yield my time. <laughs> well, I think this has been a great conversation, Tom. I've, I've read your book and you and I have talked about it privately a lot. You know that I like your thesis. Um, I just hope everybody listening today picks up your book. Uh, I think maybe before we sign off, you should tell people where they can get it so that they so that it's available and that people can download it. It's all an ebook now, as I understand it. Um, and it's either free or, or a dollar, depending upon wh which source you get it from. Um, and I encourage everybody to, to read it and join the conversation, uh, whether it's on our show or, or reaching out to you directly. Um, I know that you put your heart and, and really your life's work into, into this idea and into this project. Um, I, I'm glad that we've had you on. I'm glad that we've given you a, a forum to discuss it more widely and more broadly. I hope you'll share it with a lot of other people and. You know, if we can do anything to help 
spread the word. You know, we'd like to, I'd like to help you. I think all, all of my partners here would like to help you. And I'm glad to hear that you want to come back on and hopefully become a, a regular participant on our show because this has been a good conversation. Yeah, I'm really happy to have been able to come on. We finally did it. And, uh, with, you know, a couple few months leading up to this, making sure everybody's familiar with the material, have, uh, good questions to ask. Um, so, yeah, I, I like the idea. I want to pursue it. I just think it's a great thing for general conversation. I would love it. The whole country would start talking about it. I'm happy to just share the idea. I'm not looking to get rich off of it. I think I made $2 so far. But... Um, <laughs> but uh, you can get it on Google Play or Google Books, uh, Kobo Books, but you have to have a Kobo reader to read it. Uh, Amazon, but they charge a minimum of $1. I would give it for free if they would let me, but they won't. And you can get it on Apple Books, too. You just go in there, type in the title, type in my name, and you should be able to find it. Um, I had this converted into an EPUB uh, format so that it has internal links, you can move around, it has the menu and all that. Unfortunately, I couldn't get it onto Apple. So it's, it's a very basic book. You have to scroll back and forth. If you're on page 80 and you want to go back to the beginning, you have to scroll all the way back. So there's no, there's no links, but it's free. I, I want to talk about it. I like talking about it. I think it's a great idea. I think the secession of Texas is a better idea, but uh, um, I don't know that any of this is going to happen. Look what they did to Trump. I mean, we put up any resistance to these people. They're like the Borg. They're taking over society. They're ruining the world. And, uh, and I hate it. And I think the only real solution to our problem is to start a new country somewhere else. Mike? So, to say I really appreciate um, having this conversation. I, I, you know, I have utmost respect for you to think all this through and, and get those ideas down, have them out there for discussion. I, I do think we have irreconcilable differences. And I do agree that I don't see us um, firing weapons on, a, on each other anytime soon. Mm -mm. So I, I think this is definitely worth looking at. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you very much. Elliot? Yeah, uh, thank you so much for spending uh, a lot of time with us. Um, it was an awesome conversation. A ton of fun. You have to come back soon. I think we all, obviously, us uh, six are in agreement that uh, the 50 states are really the 50 or 100 potential substates or the 330 million individuals are all uh, coming to a boiling point and the, the powder keg, so to speak, is about to explode and we do have to leave this, this horrible, violent, abusive relationship uh, before it does get violent and, and a civil war does approach. So I think we all agree with that. We just need to keep spreading the word and we'll keep spreading your books and our articles on secession and keep educating the public about the extremely important need for the, the U.S. to start splitting up either into sub-states or, or some other kind of division. So thank you so much. And I, I look forward to the next conversation about splitting up the U.S. So we can have peace and prosperity. I really appreciate that. Uh, federalism reimagined. I love the title because my title, I know, is one of the reasons people don't want to look at it. They think it's too much like secession, and they won't even give it a chance. They won't listen to me. Uh, they just think secession. And uh, like I said, my experience for 10 years talking to people about this idea, oh, no, it'll never work, you know, breaking up the country. I, I don't want to. This is the biggest thing. I don't want to break up the country. Okay. And I'm like, this, this doesn't really break up the country. It stays one. Oh, I'm not listening to you. 
that's that's the response. So uh, I I've known for a year I need a new title, but I have to go in and have it done on EPUB and make some changes internally that would reflect that. The two state solution for America, it's a great title. It just makes people think secession. But thank you, Elliot. <clears throat> okay, I had a few things to say um, as a used to be family therapist, I definitely don't want to break up the union. However, when it's so thoroughly abusive, there is a time when I totally believe we have to. Um, I also come from a counseling of addictions background. And when Ed said, what's the incentive for a blue state governor? He's 100% right, there is none. Yet they have about the same incentive to give up their power as an addict does to stop using cocaine. But a lot of addicts stop using cocaine when they hit bottom. And that's the only thing that can ever happen here. We have to be convincing people that we're hitting bottom and hitting bottom can hurt. As we all know from addictions, et cetera, et cetera. I, I believe most of us on Liberty Block agree that we're darn close to that <laughs> bottom and we need to do something. Um, so I think we're all in agreement that we want to uh, spread your word because it's an incredibly well thought out proposition. Um, whether it ever comes to fruition or not. I think we agree that we're hitting bottom. We absolutely have to do something. I had a third thought, but I'm a senior, so I can't remember my third thought. Um, again, thank you so much for your time today. I 100% committed to keeping, oh, now I remember my third thought, and it's what I closed with last week. There are a lot of people... <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of people in this country talking about their frustration. You know, even Rush Limbaugh mentioned the S word and then he had to take it back for some reason. I don't follow him directly anymore. And what I don't want Liberty Block or the show or anybody else to do is just keep whining and talking about it. I want to talk about solutions, which is why I'm so happy to have you here. Now, whether the six of us are going to change the country, I have no idea. I do know that there were several individuals who changed the country back in the 1760s and 70s. And I assure you, there was a different Tom back then who said, this is never going to happen. So whether we're going to be with that Tom or not, I can't predict. But I do like the fact that we're at least thinking about solutions that don't involve killing each other. And I, there are way too many people talking about killing each other. So again, thank mm -hmm. you. Say good afternoon to everybody. Next week, we should be back at our regular date and time, Wednesday at four o'clock. Hopefully, we'll let everyone know. This show will be up on SoundCloud and iTunes. And as always, we invite people to chime in. Tom has shown that he is not afraid of answering questions and that he's willing to come back and answer them all. So we strongly invite and encourage people to join us. And with that, good afternoon, everyone. Have a wonderful day. Thank you all very much. Bye, guys. <laughs>